0: season three season three
1: <laughs> yeah we'll try not to do it every time maybe not maybe. every time but it's it's, a, it's gonna happen like
0: a topographical map it's, it's like looking upward and on on joyfulness what yeah like you're looking down and there's it's like a a mountain of joy you've heard of like a mountain of joy all right so you got that yeah gotcha topographical
1: <laughs> topographical huh Etymological. Isn't that a candy bar? Topographical. No, that. Mounds, yeah. Mounds. We're not getting paid. No, we're not getting paid. It's a tasty
0: candy bar, though.
1: Is it? Yeah. It's one of those ones that's poisonous. No, it's
0: got coconut. In yeah, it. that's what I mean. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Season three. Season three. And we have another topic. Another
1: topic this week. Yeah. We are, we're talking about animals again.
0: Yeah, they're animals. Animals. It's yeah. I you know some. I don't know why. I mean, uh, an insect is an animal.
1: Yeah, in the animal kingdom.
0: Yeah, I just. I, I think they're insects and animals are animals, but that's not the case at all. So yeah, because I I have uh, at least one insect. In yeah. my uh, okay. set, you know
1: yes. I have both. I have two mammals, mammal's.
0: Well, good then. Yeah. So whatever you have that's uh, that adds to the mountain of joy, go with it.
1: I'm going to start us off with uh, monkey business, ah. which is a term I've probably used, maybe, or someone's used it about me, to stop my monkey business, perhaps.
0: Yeah, yeah it's a common term.
1: Yeah. Cut out that monkey business. Stop it. Uh, in monkey business, we're saying, like, mischief, trickery, right?
0: Screwing around. Yeah, yeah, yes. Tom foolery. All of those things are, would generally apply. We should do that one.
1: Yeah. Uh, anyway, friend Christine Ammer of the American Heritage friend Dictionary of Idioms. She says that it creeps into the language in the uh, late 1800s, kind of a result of comparing monkey tricks to human behaviors. <laughs> You know, those monkey tricks that yeah. we're, all, we're all friends of seeing. Um, I saw seemingly only one place that was arguing that it, it did hail from the racist term monkey shine, which originated in 1830s. It was used in a Jim Crow song, which mocked African-American slaves. But I, I didn't see much more than one person kind of suggesting that. Uh, around that same time, it says English parents warned their children against bad behavior, uh, monkey tricks, is what they said.
0: Yeah, they'll uh, steal your peanuts.
1: I guess. I've never come in contact with a monkey. First-hand experience.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> An earlier quote, early-ish quote, is 1883, uh, William Peck's Bad Boy. Uh, there must be no monkey business going on. Another 1835 uh, in the Examiner of London. The English Tories have insisted upon stirring up these questions. It remains for the just milieu to consider whether they will not quash this monkey business by hauling down the rag of offence.
0: What the heck's going on there?
1: Quashing milieus. Uh, quashing, they have to quash their monkey business. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, 1837 usages. Nice, you know, early-ish, early-ish usages. There's a, a, a letter by Thomas Perronay Thompson, who was a British parliamentarian. Um, just a longer kind of rhetorical quote about assassins letting off non-combatant prisoners of war, kind of questioning, a a rhetorical question to people, like, would you do this? Would that not happen? Um, They would have committed themselves to no such monkey business, as the Indians call it, before mankind. So, monkey business, as the Indians call it. Yeah. What does that mean?
0: Well, it it means it's older. It means it's older.
1: Exactly. You've been... You're A-plus, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This phrase seems to kind of go back almost as old as the written language, I'm going to say. Not quite as far back as written language, but pretty far back. It it seems like it goes back to post-Vedic Sanskrit, and there's a stop that we we make along the way, uh, the language of Bengali, and the word that they use is Badrami. Uh, This is uh, posted by a person, uh, Enrada Sen, uh, that I saw on Language Hat website. Mm. Uh, He says, being a native Asian, South Asian, and a Bengali-speaking native from India, at that, I can vouch that Badrami connotates different shades of mischievousness that are not conveyed by monkey business. Children are often accused of uh, Badrami when they climb trees or tall structures dangerously, or tease a mate with unseemingly gestures, or do several naughty things that no self-respecting monkey ever does. (laughs) Uh, adults commit bandrami when they do mischievous things not benefiting their age (laughs) Huh? Uh, goes on to describe more and more of these like usages in which one would be uh, a bandrami he says
0: bandrami and i saw badrami but historically is he really speaking um old there though
1: it's on, it's on the way back. The, the, uh, the Sanskrit, we go back further. Um, yeah. it's, uh, it, the phrase is, again, doing my best Sanskrit. <laughs> um, Vinyara Karman, which uh, translates seemingly to monkey action or monkey work. But this, uh, this really does seem to come to our language through the English colonization of India in this, uh, this kind of Vanara, Carmen, Bandrami sort of monkey business uh, phrase.
0: I mean, look, <laughs> the monkey has, right. has always kind of been a monkey. Yeah, it fascinates so us. It didn't matter, right, if, if we hadn't had cell phones yet or cars or however far back we were. Right. They're still monkeys. They're still monkeys. Yeah, exactly. Right.
1: Yeah, they're they're yeah exactly.
0: What? Yeah. yeah. Whatever kind of shenanigans they
1: we'd see them doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, There's it's some
0: lessons to be learned there, Mister. That's right.
1: <laughs> nice. <laughs> Deeper meanings. Yeah. It's our second podcast. Uh yeah, I don't know why I didn't assume it went back very far. I guess when I previously before I researched, but I mean, obviously, like you said. We've been, you know, observing animals, our whole existence yeah. as a species, really. Yeah. This one goes back to Sanskrit, at least.
0: Oh, okay. You were you were bringing it home here.
1: No, that was it. I was just, That was me, like, doing a little re-wrap-up before you go.
0: Monkey business. You know, I was at a tool store this summer, and I needed to buy a little tiny monkey wrench. Okay. And I couldn't find them in this tool store, which will remain nameless. That's good. Smart. And I asked the guy, and he walked me over to where were channel locks. I said, that there is a channel lock. And he goes, oh, no, that's a a monkey wrench. And uh, I said, okay, it's not, but let me describe to you what I want. What I want is called a, maybe you call it a pipe wrench. Show me where your little pipe wrenches are. Oh, and he walked me over to a different spot and there was my little monkey wrench. And then I quickly Googled it uh, to educate him. Yeah. Because it was invented by a guy like Mon- like Robert Monkey or something, you know? His name oh, really? was Monkey. There's I thought it was do because it was monkey. like
1: a hand. That's hilarious.
0: Yeah, it's a guy's name that invented it. That's I love learning. <laughs> I showed it to him. He he did not love learning. But um but they're, uh, he's look, in a tool store. I thought I would I was but, helping him.
1: But the other one it's like both of them, the little spinny wrenchy guys. I <laughs> thought it was just the one that looked like a hand opening and closing. I guess the, they both kind of look like that they though.
0: They both spin the the crescent wrench <laughs> and then the the monkey wrench. What's have the, a little wheel and
1: a, and a Is the crescent wrench like the biggie heavy duty or looking one? Well, they all the come the in lots wrench, of sizes, if you will.
0: but uh the the monkey wrench is usually has a red handle and a big like jaw at the top, but you screw it open and close. And yeah. It's not very precise with its teeth, it's sort of uh, crude. Yeah, that's a monkey wrench. Wow, I mm-hmm. totally thought that was because of like a paw. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. Thank you. Other people probably do too. Yeah. Huh. yeah,
1: so I have earworm. All right, I, I get those all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah, we do. Us and 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 I wasn't excited to get this one. Oh, really? Yeah, because I really thought uh, there would be nothing to it, but it turns out there's a little to it.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess I could see it going either way.
0: Well, the earworm. Yeah. And like we said, definition, right? Yeah. It, it, infectious tune that gets stuck in your yeah head. Yeah. Ear. Yeah. Metaphorically. That's the we
1: know a word that means ear for head you know we talked about a metonym is that what it is anyway yeah substituting a word similar word for the word you want
0: substitute
1: not as cool as cockney rhyming
0: slang sorry go ahead so poking around with this eesh uh, (laughs) a little bit not long ago in years terms decade or so from now back British Journal of psychology Hmm. Hmm. um, they determine that the uh, average one of these things that gets stuck in your head is a 15 to 30 second piece of music uh and and Hmm. i guess i can abide by that because i usually get a loop Mm -hmm. i'll loop but it won't be like i play the whole song i get stuck in you know the Mm -hmm. chorus or whatever it is yeah
1: yeah for sure no i've been yeah i've
0: been singing an elton john song all afternoon and then, you know, to interject because, yes, Jay, you may interject. The, um, <laughs> what I have here is another idea that came out of this British Journal of Psychology study that says they, they can be positive or negative. And I did recognize and, and try to teach myself over the last number of years that a repeating, you get a negative earworm you can self-hypnotize yourself into more negative state of mind.
1: You mean like a sad one or like a one that's driving you crazy? Sad one. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just making sure. Sure. Uh, to that point, you know, sometimes you wake up with them and, and... Oh, yeah. But you have to ask yourself when you do that, did I hear this? Was I singing this? Or is this out of really, truly out of nowhere? And if it's really, truly out of nowhere, am I trying to give myself a message? This is, this is just a little bonus aside. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, am, I, am I trying to tell myself something? Yeah. Uh, but that is uh, another story. Well, you know, we're going to do that psychology and um, metaphysics podcast.
1: Yeah. That'll be fun.
0: Yeah. All right. So that's enough out of you, Jay. So, whether it has any pertinence or not, 1898, this sort of fantasy book that was, you know, published by a big American publisher, written by a fellow Grant Allen, uh, who died the next year, mm-hmm. r- remarkably. So, he just finished this book and that was all he could do. It's like, I did it. Yeah. Done. In this this sort of weird fantasy book, it involves this worm that crawls into people's ears, and lays this giant egg that grows and eats your brain. Nice. Yeah. All right. Ha ha. Eat your brain or something. I don't know. I didn't read it, but it's like that. Something like that. Yeah. So that idea is laying there since 1898, but there's a lot of stuff that'll come together to tell us why this is this. But uh, let me tell you this. All right. An earwig. Oh. That's a funny little insect. That's a man. Those things are wow. See you say that. Yeah. But I researched this little critter. All right. And they're mostly innocuous. I mean, I I guess not. You know, they eat everything, but they like warm. <laughs> Don't they eat your brains? No. <laughs> See, that's that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're feeding into. The I brain. know. So your wigs <laughs> is this little six-legged, three-body part, two-antenna, little insect dude, or dudette. <laughs> and uh, they eat stuff like uh, weeds, aphids, like moist stuff. If you have rotting wood, they'll they get in your house and you have rotting wood. They're not quite termites, but they'll, they will they want to eat that gloop uh, from the from the rotting wood. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that kind of stuff. They can be beneficial to your Garden like a uh, praying mantis or whatever, you know. They eat if they're going to eat bugs that will sure. eat your plants. Oh, I mean, every insect has a job to do for sure, and they do it well. Yeah, you got to give the other fellow hell. Yeah, that's yeah. an earwig, right? Now, there's also an earworm, right. And this is like a, a lar like a moth larvae.
1: Oh, it's a thing?
0: Sure. Ah. It, and, and when you see it you go, Oh, I, I know that. It's it's like a caterpillar that that has l- like a little canvas cover instead of fuzz, you know? Okay. It's sometimes green or, or like off white. I don't know. Yeah. The green one looked really familiar to me. Like standard caterpillar look? But not fuzzy? I think of a standard caterpillar as that black and brown fur. Oh, warm, see, I think
1: know? of a standard caterpillar like the green and like red guy with, with markings and stuff.
0: Oh, well, these are kind of like no, anyway, no markings, I think. But they what they do is they burrow into ears of corn. And they're a problem for corn farmers. This is true. I see. True story. Yeah. Earworms. Yeah,
1: so, seems like a problem
0: that's a moth larvae and then it turns into some kind of moth and presumably flies away and stops being a problem but you well know, the gonna, corn
1: yeah somebody else's problem now but yes i hear you
0: yeah no a, a, a lot of people want to say oh well we found this in a stephen king book in 1981 and he invented this idea that earworm is a melody stuck in my head Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was 20% awake at best. And as I turned on the faucet, I realized I was singing this. And I don't know what this song is, so I should have Googled these lyrics to see, huh? They say a man should always dress for the job he wants. So why am I dressed up like a pirate in this restaurant? Sounds like a Billy Joel lyric. God damn Not it. sure. <laughs> don't you mention his name on the show. So, uh, <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> So, dear God, <laughs> yeah. I thought I've been infected by an earworm. This is all written. This is all quoting. Yeah, Stephen, your Stephen King, King book, nineteen eighty-one. But what book does it say? Did you say? Did you get it? He's not paying us.
1: <laughs> Just because you got that picture of the Doors.
0: Yeah. Yes. That's another story, folks. Stephen King. Well, he didn't really steal from me. Well, he My didn't. friend stole from me, but it's okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um he's been a good friend and given much more. Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. Hey, here's the real money melon. Oh, yeah. It wasn't Stephen King at all. Okay. So there's a lot of talk about the Germans, the Germans, the Germans. Uh, the world. The <laughs> Germans uh and the aura worm, O H R W U R M and the U has the thing. Mm-hmm. Umlaut. Umlaut. Um, you know what I'm saying? The or, or worm, or, which yeah. is it's like ear, a, it's is yeah. earworm. Yeah. I don't know why, why this happens. I mean, can't we just talk to each other, send a telegram, do something? So before we write, make words. So the Germans, <laughs> okay earworm, yeah. order worm, mm-hmm. meant earwig, Ugh. meant the little aphid dude, or yeah. aphid eating insect
1: yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah.
0: Not the earworm, not the caterpillar looking thing that eats the corn. The German, you so said the Germans sort of flipped it, and I don't know what they have. I don't maybe they don't have the caterpillar thing that eats corn. It's called something else. Or it's called something entirely different.
1: Yeah, I got you.
0: And there's lots of talk that the Germans in the 1950s morphed this aphid eater into a, a brain-stuck melody, earworm. That they did it, but there's no proof and no reference mm-hmm. i got nothing sure i looked just me, i'm out there looking no no like it's just one person saying this what the heck so uh what we have here in in the u.s contemporary perceptions of language this fellow john robert ross uh tells us uh about poetry mm-hmm. it's funny to you know to hear someone say they have uh, one of these earworms about poetry mm-hmm. i'll tell you how i came to have these disrespectful thoughts I've been studying poetry for four years, and here's the way the enterprise proceeds for me. I find some poem, which, for who knows what reason, comes into my blood and just knocks me over, and I want to find out why. Because, essentially, that's magic. A poet can do magic. A poet does something for words, for which you and I, in our everyday interactions, puts them there, and they become what they call in german an order worm or an earworm mm-hmm. you can't get it out of your head yeah so he refers to the german but he's not german right without having proof that that there is a 1950s german example of mm-hmm. it used this way yeah that's the first one i see and then and then stephen king
1: mhm yeah beyond that quote yeah there's nothing else
0: there's nothing else but I, but there is this but there's hope. So, Western Washington University, uh, people have nothing else to do but study this stuff, guys. There's there's big problems. We've got big problems. But everybody. They, I mean, they're working. You know, they're working the best they can.
1: Yeah, we're all interested in something different, I guess.
0: Um, what they found was, uh, in you know, distracting yourself with anagrams, Sudoku sure. puzzles, yeah, or reading a novel was an effective way to eradicate one of these uh, stuck melodies.
1: Oh, they have, they have they done tests, you're saying?
0: Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Yeah,
1: okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got you.
0: I mean, actual work.
1: This is, we've got people here. We're getting songs stuck in their heads. Songs in their heads. And then we're making them do something. Nice. That's a study. I, I, I would be a participant in that study, I
0: think. <laughs> there was also a study uh, to... Uncover the best what they call cure songs.
1: Oh, I got one of those. But go ahead.
0: Well, the their top two uh, contenders after much much work uh, are "God Save the Queen" mm. and "Happy Birthday." Happy Birth. Uh. This is what they say. Yeah. So um, all I can do is is take this research that we've done and offer it to our listeners should they find themselves in this predicament. That's uh, earworm.
1: <laughs> I pulled an earwig out of my ear once as a child.
0: Are you serious? Yeah,
1: I, like, I felt something crawling around me, and I pulled it out of my ear. I mean, I don't think, it might not have been like going in my ear, but it was definitely like around my ear. Oh, it
0: was around. I
1: mean, I pulled it out of my ear. I'm not saying it wasn't trying to eat my brains. just saying it was in my ear, and I pulled it out.
0: I could I could see where that would be traumatizing. It at was some weird, level.
1: yeah. I don't like being outside. <laughs> There's things out there that bugs want to eat you. I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about um, Mr. Mind, who's a DC Comics villain, who's a little caterpillar.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I mean he's a more than just that, but I'll just I'll leave it there. <laughs> 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 Jay, do you like to go to sleep? <laughs>
0: You know, like many people, it is one of my favorite things.
1: So you're telling me yeah. you like to go to sleep?
0: Absolutely.
1: If you are like Jay listeners and you also like to sleep and perhaps are in the, uh, what would you say, in need of buying a new mattress and want of buying a new
0: mattress? Hey, I'll take either of those. Uh, well,
1: mattresses, they believe in the power of a good night's sleep for all. Nice. And uh, they're compatible with box, all the box springs, platform beds, adjustable beds, slatted bed frames. It's, it's compatible with you whatever just, you want. You want to throw it on the floor? Probably they might not recommend that since it does specifically say other things.
0: Don't throw it on the <laughs> Maybe floor. Maybe don't throw
1: it on the floor. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> but uh, it gives you the best of both mattress worlds with uh, the memory foam and the classic coil system.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's like Retzin. It's two, two, two mattresses in one.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. With, with just a little extra resin. Um, Yeah. And if you follow the link in our show notes, uh, it'll let alls know, no, it will let alls well know that we sent you there and that would be awesome for us to help support our show. And when you do that, you get a hundred night risk-free trial, a 10-year limited warranty and an optional White Gloves setup and old mattress holloway, which you just want to see someone come with white gloves to your house, maybe.
0: I think that's just a figure of speech. I really don't expect the white glove. You don't think so? N- no,
1: I'm not uh, expecting that. So the white glove is more of uh, an idiom.
0: Uh, or, or I'm not even going to go ahead and call it an idiom. I mean, I just trying to up. relate
1: it to our show. That's all. Yeah. But that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Real luxury, unreal prices. Ooh.
0: That's, uh, that's all as well. Go to the show link in our uh, show. In our link. Yeah, right show there. Notes. Wherever you're listening to us on, go to the notes. Yeah, the yeah. notes. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, you know, also the good people at Clemente Museum, uh, the Clemente Museum, it's down here, you know, in the, on the edge of Lawrenceville.
1: Yeah, right on the
0: edge. Yeah, Pittsburgh's Williamsburg. You're right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, and uh, but it's right there. It's in, in an old firehouse that used to be a, a working firehouse, engine house number twenty-five. Mm-hmm. Is the Roberto Clemente Museum, and and in there, there are so many great things. There are uh, photographs that that Vera Clemente, his wife, had and and, and gave to the museum. There are contracts, uniforms. Cleats, there's a one of the propellers from from the plane that he died in they have in mm-hmm. there in a glass case mm-hmm. uh, morbid but also pretty like viscerally wild mm-hmm. to see you know yeah uh, lots of wonderful stuff uh, bats balls gloves all from all uh, owned or used by Roberto and and other uh, there's other you know famous Pirate baseball memorabilia spattered about as well. I could say spattered. Yeah. And uh, lots
1: of signatures in that flag, the ball flag, too. Not spoiler, right? Hopefully not spoilers. Right. No, yeah.
0: Lots of great stuff. And if, you, if you're not in Pittsburgh and can't get there right away, uh, but love uh, Roberto, they have a ton of cool T-shirts, hoodies, hats, uh, with with twenty one on it, Roberto's number, and done really well. Like they're they're nice, stylish pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could order all that stuff online at Museum dot com. And if you use our code W nine Y two two, you can get ten percent discount on orders over fifty dollars. There's a a couple little caveats, but there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah you can enjoy and enjoy that discount and help a whole nine yards for us to do what we do. <laughs> uh, so clementemuseum.com, W9Y22 is your code. That's the code this month anyway. It may, yeah. it may change. Check back, listen frequently. <laughs> <laughs> get a sweet hoodie. So, uh, so what, what's your next word?
1: Pony up and get that sweet hoodie yeah pony up pony up uh, to pay money to pay what one owes to make a good on a debt yeah right
0: yes
1: pony up your share of the lunch money or something I, I got I didn't have anything prepared
0: <laughs> 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 I mean you all went we all went in on uh, Rebecca's gift you pony up pony your, up your yeah part. there, there yeah, it is yeah.
1: nice that's what I meant to say Hmm. Thanks for interpreting for everybody. It's not like we're
0: stealing your lunch money. We don't no,
1: steal from you. It was a chip-in-in situation.
0: Yeah, chip-in.
1: Situation. Uh, 1819, Rural Magazine. The afternoon before the evening, the favored gentlemen are walking rapidly into merchant tailor shops and very slowly out unless they ponied up the Spanish. Hmm? And the Spanish, at this time, is an idiom for money. Go home. Yeah, I know. i was like, yeah, wait, wait, wait. like, this. Yeah, it's like gold and stuff and goes back even more. We could probably talk about this one, honestly. Th- that side of it. I don't want to dive too far into it.
0: Yeah, because, I mean. If that's okay with you. That might be another money episode. Right. Oh, yes.
1: 1824 Atlantic Magazine. Every man vociferously swore that he had ponied up his quarter. And quarter, Jay, is in quotation marks.
0: What was it really? Well,
1: we'll get back to that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> the word pony, of course, here in most places, uh, we'll hear English anyway, English speaking America, the pony is a small horse, right? Generally. Yeah. To you. Uh-huh. And it has had that meaning since like mid 1600s. We've been calling small horses ponies. Uh, through the time, the word pony has had uh, kind of other slang meanings. Here's a couple. A small measure of alcohol, uh, 1708 in Britain. We've called like smaller kegs, pony kegs here in the States.
0: Oh, sure. Even a a pony bottle.
1: In uh, a pony uh, bottle, right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, A short crib sheet or study aid. That's from America in 1827. Uh, I've never used it for that. 25 pounds, which is British slang from 1797. So a specific amount of money. Uh, An unabridged news report. And that's an American 1877 usage, Mm -hmm. which I don't think I've ever heard that before. No. That's a pony story, something like that? Like, what would you...
0: No, but was the Pony Express all about the horse, or was that that some Mm -hmm. sort of the news is coming?
1: Interesting that Uh, it might have come from that. That's interesting. No, I mean, it was, they were on... Huh, look at you. (laughs) Um so there is there is a theory that this did come from the the twenty five pound British slang, um, which is is not completely unreasonable, uh, as we'll we'll find out as well. But it's such a specific amount of money that it seems kind of unlikely. Yeah. You know? um, not that it couldn't shift from the specific amount to just money. It makes sense. Uh, one of the th- another theory is that it could be a corruption of the Latin phrase legem pony, l e g e m p o n e. Latin legem is law, and pony is, uh, I guess, Latin for to place, to put, and this is a term that is found in Psalm one nineteen, which is a biblical passage, which was sung on march 25th the phrase is legum pony uh mihi domine viam eostificationum tuarum Gee. something like that teach me O lord the way of thy statutes statutes sorry i don't want to yeah. mess that up um okay so why are we singing this song on march 25th
0: why another 25
1: right interestingly um. Well, you keep on learning. March 25th was a quarter day in general, uh, also the first day of the new year.
0: A quarter of the way through the year.
1: A quarter day is one of four days in the year, correct. Um, but it is a day when one gets paid, pays rent. Uh, it seems like any kind of money or transactional fees with money uh, occurred on four days a year throughout the year these days um, are lady day the 25th of march midsummer the 24th of june michaelmas the 29th of september Mm. and christmas the 25th of december Mm. These were days where you would pay your rent, or you would get paid, or you would have to pay debts, or things were due in these days.
0: Lots of pain going. Lots of pain on, going both, going both on. ways
1: on these quarter days. Yeah. All right. And these songs were sung. Uh, it's like canonical hours, so they were to break up the day. Essentially, the people would sing songs or, or things like that throughout the day. The the clergy, I guess. Through the town, so the towns would know what time it was. It's kind of like the bells going off, seemingly. Sure. Nowadays, um, and this is the song that they would sing at kind of like dawn on this day. Was the uh, Legum Pony Mia? I'm sorry, everybody. Mihi Domine. Et al, <laughs> teach me, O oh Lord, the way of thy statutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, go with that.
1: Yeah. Um, so a lot of folks do think that it it is kind of from this latin legum pony um, which was pronounced pony p-o-n-e that kind of stuck with pre-16th century obviously but got recorded in in the 16th century to kind of stand in for the money
0: wow there's a a weird circuitous i mean it's odd route for it to have come yeah
1: it's like it it seems like it kind of hits it gets an, a definition of uh, it says and an, as a as an elusive expression for the payment of money or cash down uh, appears in the fifteen seventies in a Thomas Tusser's a hundredth good points of husbandry. So he's a, it's an animal book like it's about sure. animals. So he could just be using it, you know, out of whatever. Not that this this fellow may not you know might know that the quarter days and everything obviously in the song, but maybe yeah. yeah it seems like that's the first usage is 1570 when we we catch it meaning the uh payment of money or cash down but the theory is that it does go back through the uh through the latin to these psalms sung on the quarter days Psalms Psalm sung blue yeah hmm.
0: <laughs> well that is not nothing
1: no i looked up michaelmas too uh, which is the thing it's a holiday it celebrates saint michael
0: Michaelmas. Yeah, it's Michaelmas. Oh, because a M- Michaelmas. Right, yeah. Oh, it's Michaelmas, but I'm, like Christmas. I, I
1: think it is it is like Christmas in the same way. I
0: think it's pronounced Michaelmas, though. I'm going with Michaelmas. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> you know, it keeps me on track. I don't know what that, you know what I mean?
1: I had just heard this term through like a little comedy act uh, from a, a person I follow on Twitter, and I thought it was a joke. And then here it is, a real thing. Michael Miss. oh it's real it's real <laughs> what's your last animal kingdom
0: well you know i have eager beaver to <laughs> to bring us home today okay yeah and and eager beaver it's no earworm all right uh, but it is uh it, it comes from a place that we got. we had a bunch of stuff comes from and so it won't be any great surprise in one of those ways so let's let's just say it's
1: like a sailing thing is it like a- not sailing
0: um <laughs> referring of course to the industrious beaver
1: oh, okay <laughs> it's very industrious
0: I, I don't know why you know this is again it, it, be careful kids doing your research on the interweb because people just copy and paste everyone's thing so yeah. every damn where you look it says This near-rhyming expression, well, what the hell is that? It's just alliteration. Yeah, it's got the er-er. Yeah, I mean, it's rhyming. I mean, what near-rhyming? Just don't even say it. Why are you saying (laughs) it? Anyway, I'm angry about that. (laughs) That Sounds like it. Referring, of course, to the industrious beaver. They also say, obviously, derives from uh, the phrase, busy as a beaver, which I I have no proof is that. And busy as a beaver is is much older. Uh, busy as a beaver is uh, 18th century, and mm-hmm. we're not going to go into that today. No, it's another animals. What you'll see, it was it was a title of a, a Stan Kenton big band song. Oh. in 1943, Eager Beaver. Yeah, yeah, it was. A little aside. there's another thing. I guess maybe in England, is just you know how we we don't say cer- certain slang here. D- it doesn't translate yeah. over there and vice versa. Sure, sure, sure. Sometimes one of our words means two different things to each other, you know, so I...
1: <laughs> our words, especially, yeah.
0: There were uh, a number of folk online from from that continent over there uh, in the Europe area. <laughs> <laughs> they were amazed that that it gets snickered at over here. Oh, So the- I guess they just don't know certain things.
1: Yeah, well, we... Right, like... Yeah, Fanny doesn't make us laugh. Right. Necessarily.
0: Exactly. But But they stated it a lot. I don't know why this is snickered at. Well, Beaver College, (laughs) uh, which was a women's college near Philadelphia, had changed its name to Arcadia University. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Of course they did. We got to change
1: our name, guys. Yeah. Ladies.
0: So... Where it shows up is, like I said, a place where a lot of things have shown up or have gone into the grinder and been spit out bona fide idioms. Mm-hmm. Gone in sort of slap happy and half cocked. Slipshod. And, <laughs> slipshod. And came out full bore idioms. And that is the World War Two army span of time. Oh, yeah. This one seems to be no different although I have a a suspicion and a theory about it. But um, going backwards a little bit, it shows up being, uh, Eager Beaver uh, was formally rewarded in the U.S. Air Force on 9th January 1943, the Lincolnshire Standard, Boston, Lincolnshire, England. They always have like multiple, you think you got it? And then there's there's another place involved here. (laughs) Reported uh, that, Mr. H. Appleby of Boston had received. This is their Boston, not our Boston. Right.
1: There. Yeah.
0: Uh, but that is January 1943. But I'm here to tell you, people would find, if you looked hard enough, an advert, if you like, yeah. in the Santa Ana Register, Santa Ana, California. I'm oh. telling you. Yeah. On November 30th, 1942, if you're an eager beaver, yeah. you'll hurry right down to Goodwill for used merchandise, <laughs> 417 West 4th. All right. Uh, now, now note November 30, 1942. Yes. However, September 23rd, 1942. This is therefore before the advert for Goodwill in Santa Ana. Mm-hmm. Get a load. Uh, slang of the Yank, Sheboygan Press, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Uh, there again, 23rd of September 1942. Mm-hmm. Example, Eager Beaver, a soldier imbued with the desire to please his... Sus- eager Beaver, soldier imbued with the desire to please his superiors with a show of exuberance for unpleasant tasks, which his buddies look upon with distaste. <laughs> now this is... Sheboygan Press, Mm -hmm. with this slang of the yank, dizzy definitions used around army camps, naval and coast guard stations. Mm -hmm. However, it's suspiciously the first place we find it. Yeah. Now, that's not terribly uncommon. Maybe the writers of slang of the yank were really great at doing their job and went in there and spoke with troops. Yeah. Interviewed some people. Hung out, had some beers, and made some notes. Mm hmm That's entirely possible a lot of things happen that way comes off the street like we say and then a news reporter hears it yeah yeah yada yada sure bob's your uncle but it's also possible that they decided to make a book a whole book called slang of the yank they needed some slang man (laughs) fill this book up now gotta fill this book up one (laughs) might tend to be creative it's only
1: two pages we need more
0: yeah <laughs> any of these are possible, sure, but this being the first would then mean that it was published and quickly so popular that within weeks it was in use in newspaper ads right and other army publications and dialogue around the the country. and then over to Boston, Europe, England.
1: yeah Boston, you, you know, know what I'm over saying? there, yeah, that's you said November thirtieth was the other one right so it's it's a month yes yeah that's that's pretty fast
0: well two months Mm -hmm.
1: oh right you said november right we're september the 23rd day of
0: september do you remember yeah (laughs) that's all it's going in my head right now it's searier worm yeah so i'm not sure uh and you know like the mulligan and so many things uh we'll die unsure but this is (laughs) this is what we this is what we've unearthed and uh and find as its earliest uses so yeah. and then in 1942 that was still that was still right there at the at the cusp right right for for the united states sending yeah. troops yeah 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 so uh maybe people still had some humor and were yucking it up and created these uh slang terms i don't we, we don't know
1: yeah that uh, makes sense. I could see that happening. Seeing eager it, beaver. Seeing it be a uh, military slang.
0: So That's what I have
1: for you. Animals.
0: In our, ant I don't know which animals this is. Three? No,
1: it's a little more than that. We've more than it. three. We've, animals. we've done a, We've done some animals for sure. Pink
0: elephant. We did a bunch.
1: We did white elephant.
0: White elephant.
1: Right? Yeah, I did. I did white elephant. Yeah, because I know what that is now. I wouldn't have known that before. <laughs> yeah. Anyway.
0: So hey, contact us, hit us up, let us know what you want us to cover. Yeah, let if you have us thoughts. know. Yeah. Yeah. What you what you like, don't like, some ideas, thoughts, comments, relative criticisms. Whole nine yards pod.
1: Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit.
0: That's whole nine yards pod. Yes. Whole
1: Nine Yards Podcast. On the Facebook.
0: Meme Marma.
1: Meta. Meta. That's what they're going for, I think. Facebook.
0: Uh, hit us up. Let us know. Yeah. And it's gonna be great. Thanks for listening. I'm Jay. And I'm Ray. And we're, we're not, not idioms. idioms.
1: Whole Nine Yards is written, recorded, and produced by Big Science Pods. Learn more at whole yardsorg or contact Whole Nine Yards by emailing hey you at Whole That's hey at Whole Number nine yards dot org.
0: Whole 9 Yards theme music composed by Big Science Music.